Well, before I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles, uh, let's turn in our worship guide, if you don't mind, to page eight, because we we do think it's uh, valuable for uh, everybody in the church uh, family to know what the plan is over the next few months. We don't want folks to be or the next month or so. We don't want folks to be confused about that. And our church leadership, our staff and other volunteers have already spent a good deal of time putting together some really special opportunities for us. So we want you to know a little bit about that. Uh, Each uh, one of you uh, should be receiving on your way out today. And we would love for you to go ahead and and pick it up uh, out by the the door headed out of the uh, school facility, a white packet like this. So and even even if you're visiting with us today and you would like to have one, I think we've got some extras uh, out there. But certainly uh, those of you who are with us regularly or who are members of our church have one. They're alphabetized out there by last name. You've got an envelope with your address and label and so forth on it. So uh, make sure to get that on your way out today, because I know you'll want to take a look at the materials inside. Uh, One is the booklet, which tells all about the next uh, four weeks and about this A wonderful opportunity for us as a church family. We're going to talk in just a minute about our theme verse, Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And uh, what you're going to find in here, a little note from me, uh, a fantastic opportunity to celebrate what God has done already in the first five years or so of our church family, a timeline that's that's laid out here with some pictures as well. I hope you'll take a glance at that. We couldn't cover everything that's happened, but we summarized a good bit of it. Some questions that you may have, uh, frequently asked questions about the campaign and the land and so forth that we uh, shared a good deal about back in February. But if you are still interested in some of that info or want to reread it, it's there. And then also some info about the specific gifting portion of, of this and different ways to contribute and and so forth. And, and we'll say more about that next week as we talk about generosity. And then the last part of this booklet is really going to be what you see on this page in your worship guide, this page number eight. And so I want to walk just through that for a moment. And then you can also uh, read it on the back page of the, the uh, booklet on, at your leisure as you get your packet today. Uh, this Sunday, obviously, is already in motion. Again, we're going to make sure everybody gets one of those packets. We felt like it was crucial to start this whole endeavor off with a prayer time. We've already had one prayer time up on the land, and then we did the special prayer time in Sunday school as families this morning. Uh, next Sunday, so a week from today, we're going to focus on the generosity component of that. You'll also find in your uh, packet a pledge card that's in an envelope like this. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week to make sure everybody understands uh, how that works and what that pledge card means and so forth. Uh, We will also uh, be launching from that day into a a period of two or three days, uh, May 5th through the 7th, where we're inviting, again, an opportunity to humble ourselves before the Lord, acknowledge His greatness, call out to Him uh, through fasting and prayer. And it's been a little while as a church since we've invited the whole congregation to participate that way. I think probably a year and a half or so. That's not so good for me as a pastor to not be leading you all more regularly in, uh, in fasting and prayer. But it's, it's, it's been that long. And so next Sunday, I'll also provide a little one-page handout. That may be a new concept for you. It may sound kind of extreme. But I hope you'll come and hear more about it. Maybe if you've never done that before, you can at least start in some capacity to be involved in that fasting and prayer time. And the way we're going to do it is uh, each person will get a little bit of a, a little card. That you'll have and over that period of time, whether you choose to participate in the fasting part or not, we would love for some point in those three days for each person in our church family to write down a little request, a little prayer for what they hope and they're praying that God will do 
in the decades, in the generations to come through this piece of land that we're looking at for the future meeting location of our church. And then on that Wednesday night, May 7th, we're going to come to the land location and hopefully most everybody can pop out there from 7 to 7.30 that night. And we're going to put together a little time capsule back to junior high. we got the youth Sunday. We're back to junior high, the time capsule. We're going to put together one of those and we'll have it there so that in 10 years or so or five years or whenever we choose to open that thing, we can open it up and look at some of those prayers that were prayed and, and Lord willing, be able to see how they were answered. So uh, that's going to be part of our day. We'll say on, on May 5th and we'll say more about that next week. May 11th is going to be fantastic. Of course, it's Mother's Day. That makes it a great day just to begin with. It's Mother's Day. We also have our communicants that are coming to profess their faith that day uh, publicly before us as a church. So that's going to be wonderful. Well, two things already that are great that day. And then we're also going to have a special children's presentation that, uh, that I won't give away, but that you're going to really love. It's a, it's a special thing. So May 11th will be a wonderful day for us to gather and to think, uh, obviously, a good day to think about generations with it being Mother's Day. But to think about the lives that are going to be touched in the future and about the investment that all of us are going to be making in this piece of property and that we're asking the Lord to bear fruit in uh, decades and generations to come. And then May 18th is going to be a very, very significant and important day for us as a as a church family where we will invite everyone on that day. Hopefully most everyone can be here. If not, you can certainly uh, mail your commitment card in ahead of time. But during the service, we'll have a special opportunity not only for the adults, but the children to come and participate in giving initial gifts, which will be a great help to us. And then uh, putting their cards in for commitments for the next three years to this campaign. Uh, One other item that's going to be in this packet that Laura has put together, and she's put together a marvelous, and and several volunteers have put together a marvelous series of activities along with this whole campaign, because it's, it's about the young lives here. Even in the Sunday school we had today with the kids back there with us praying, this is an opportunity for little ones to see God work in a very powerful and tangible way. And so read through that uh, flyer, whether you've got little ones in the church or not, to see what's coming up. Uh, There's some suggestions for uh, lemonade stands for the kiddos to raise some funds and and some different ways they're going to be collecting those. And and so the kiddos will be able to participate in our time as well. If you have further questions about that, feel free to give me a call at the church office or to catch one of our church officers. They all have been praying together, have met just a couple of weeks ago again to have a special prayer time for this. And we really want everyone to know about it. It's something that everybody in our church can participate in. It should be something that all of us should think about. What is the way I can be involved with this? Even if you feel like the person next to you, maybe maybe they're really able to be involved with it at a more significant level. The key is for each one of us to be involved in a level that God calls us to. That's the way he's going to work powerfully in our whole church body through this time. Invite you now to uh, look with me at our passage for today. And that is in Zechariah 4, 6. Uh, Zechariah, if you want to track it down in your Bible, it's just that one verse. So you uh, you can probably see it in your announcement section there. I think it's right above our schedule for the next month. Uh, Zechariah is found really right before you get to the New Testament, right before the book of Matthew. He was one of the minor uh, prophets uh, during the time of exile and so forth as the people were coming back to the land. And I'll say a little bit more about that in a minute. But let me read again this verse, Zechariah 4, uh, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Then the Lord said to me, this is my word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. 
of hosts. Let's pray again. Father, we are incredibly grateful for all the ways we've seen you work in our lives. We know faith is a crucial element to that. And we pray in these next few weeks that we'd each be strengthened in the gospel in you, that we would see your church body coming together to do something that's way beyond the sum of our individual parts and participation in that. And Lord God, that you would ultimately, uh, Lord, open the floodgates and provide. And we ask that you would do that. Not because of anything special or impressive or powerful or influential about us or even the resources we may have to contribute. But ultimately, Lord, by your spirit, we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Well, it's interesting, uh, a couple of months ago, I think I may have shared a little bit along these uh, lines as well to look in Scripture and see the comparison between some of the actions that God's people take that where they fail to depend upon him. It's interesting. Sometimes God's people step out and go to do something, to take some action, to build something even. And they do it depending on their own strength, but they're acting, but they're not depending upon God. Other times we see God's people failing to step forward to the things that God has specifically invited them to do. And they do that because, again, they're depending on themselves and they think themselves too weak to be able to achieve it and don't see that God can be their strength for it. You think about the uh, Tower of Babel in the scriptures is one example. You remember that story, perhaps, where people come together. This is after the fall, after Adam and Eve and so forth in Genesis chapter 11. And the people have come together, the people of the world at the time, and decided that they are going to build a gigantic tower, a huge tower up to the heavens to try to sort of reach God and to display their glory as a humanity. Here's what we can build. Here's what we can do. Uh, God realizes where their hearts are, and though they're initiating, though they're taking action to build something, it's all about themselves. It's all about their own glory. And so he Causes them to not be able to speak to one another, brings in different languages so they can no longer communicate and uh, reminds them to be dependent upon him. And we see, as we have noticed in our message series, the first part of last year, 2013, and leading into our judges series, the first couple of months this year, as God's people are invited to enter the promised land, you remember what their first step was, right? God says, hey, go in. God's saying, yeah, do it. Go, go take this thing. They're invited to go forward. And the spies go in. Two of them say, yeah, this by God's strength, with his power, by his spirit, this can happen. The other ten say, no way. Can't happen. And we see what happens there in terms of them spinning into another 40 years wandering in the desert. Now, let me say right off the bat, and I've said it before, there's no direct parallel in Scripture between the Old Testament call to the land, although we might like for there to be during capital campaign time, and this land over here. This is an opportunity for us to have a meeting space, 
for us to eventually have some uh, property where we can meet as a church family. But the Old Testament land was the center of God's people's worship. It was a place that God was calling them to take by force in certain times and to be a light to the other nations around them. Uh, Many of those things have been fulfilled in Christ. And yet those examples still teach us something, don't they? Especially when it relates to dependence. And so a crucial thing for us and why we even are calling this time forward by faith is that we don't. We don't want to try to do anything just by our own strength and feel like, well, we've, we've been able to achieve this. God's not going to be honored by that. He's greatly disappointed by that, in fact. Nor do we want to be sitting on our hands with something that God's invited us to, to move forward with and to not take that opportunity just because it looks like there's giants in the land. Looks intimidating. Looks like a daunting task. Instead, we want to walk in dependence upon the Lord. That's what this Zechariah verse is about. And if you want to jot down in the sermon notes uh, section of your worship guide at the back portion, I don't have it listed in there already for you, but this main idea is really what we see. That because we only move forward in God's kingdom by faith in Him, because we only move forward in God's kingdom by faith in Him, we should never trust in our might or in our power. Okay? Because that's, that's how God works. He always wants us to trust in him. He never wants us to be trusting in our own strength. Well, how's this going to relate to our forward by faith time? It is the next month certainly about us considering how each one of us can participate sacrificially, significantly, financially to raise the resources to purchase a piece of land. Yes, that's a big part of what we're doing in the next month. But we don't want it to just be about that. Is it also an opportunity for each and every one of us from the smallest one up to the most senior among us to grow in our dependence upon God, to see more his might and his power by his spirit? Absolutely. Is it a period where uh, all of us collectively can see again, as I prayed a minute ago, what can happen through the whole church body working together? That's really beyond the, the individual parts that are here. Absolutely, it's going to be a fantastic time for that. Is it a time for all of us to, to grow, for us collectively, individually, to grow in our prayer life? To, to maybe be a part of this fasting and prayer time that, that would be good for us to do regardless of whether it related to this opportunity before us. Yes, it's going to be a great time for that. Is the end goal ultimately the transformation of each one of us to, to allow us to grow in faith and the transformation of our community? Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes to all of those things. That's what we see before us. And as we think about uh, fulfilling our vision, which we say is to glorify God by inviting all into his grace. As we think about how this step of faith for our church to purchase this land is going to enable us to do that. I thought a great thing for us to do. Actually, I didn't think of it. Somebody else thought it would be a good idea, but I ran with it would be to ask some folks. And I just sort of had a a random sampling of some people in the congregation that I know from a little bit of interaction have been particularly touched by God's working through our church family. And I want us to look at that because I think if we look back a little bit, uh, some of a few of us have been here since five years ago. A number of us have come along along the way. But 
all of us have probably seen God work in our life, hopefully through Cross Creek Church. And I thought it'd be great to just highlight just a, just a sampling of folks and what they had to share about that impact, because I think that'll help us to, to stay focused on the right things as we move forward. And that is how this property and future facilities on it will help us to reach this community and see lives touched in this way. Listen to what uh, some folks shared, and they were answering these, uh, these two questions. And I, I hope you all, will, if you zoned out a minute ago in some of the things I said, I hope you'll zone back in for just these specific things at least. These two questions they were answering. If it wasn't for Cross Creek Church, my life would be blank. If it wasn't for Cross Creek Church, my life would be blank. And then the second question is, as I have now seen some of God's glory and been invited into God's grace through Cross Creek Church, my life is now, or I am now, blank. Okay? One woman said this, and actually all of them said they were okay with me identifying them, but I, I thought it might be interesting just to read them without identifying the folks. One woman said this, when I came to Cross Creek Church, my life felt really out of control in so many areas. I knew God had wanted me to find a church family for a long time. I stumbled across the Cross Creek Church concert in the park. We used to do a concert out in the park up the road here. And I heard Chris speak for the first time in that October. That spurred me to bring the kids to attend my first service. My life has been so enriched by the relationships formed through Cross Creek Church. From dinners at the Peters home to special relationships forged through the life group interaction, I've seen God work in my life firsthand. The feeling of acceptance and the message of hope at Cross Creek Church has truly been a blessing in my life. That's one. Another one from a more senior member of our congregation. Uh, she says this. She says, I'm just happy to say that I found a strong Christ-centered church, one in which I believe God is able to bless. The same woman noticed that she's experienced across the course of her life what she called, quote, peace, joy, and happiness through connection with the local church. And that that's continued in her time with us at Cross Creek Church, that she's seen that even through uh, some more than 20 years ago, difficult season with a divorce she went through, and that now she continues to rejoice at seeing peace, joy, and happiness, quote, in her life and through her church family. A husband and wife uh, shared a bit. The husband said this, without Cross Creek Church, my life would be lost. I would have no sense of direction for the Lord. Time and time again, when we've strayed from God, Cross Creek Church guides us back. The church leadership and others have been there to shepherd us through tough times, marriage difficulties, and miscarriages. Through guidance and prayers, the church has helped us to seek the Lord through difficult times and to trust in Him. That was the husband. The wife said this. If it wasn't for Cross Creek Church, my life would be shallow and it would be pretty empty. That's how it feels when God is missing from your life. The church has provided for me and my family during physical and emotional times of, of need. It's been a, given us a purpose and stability and strength that comes when Jesus is in your heart. Because of God's grace through Cross Creek Church, my life is blessed and I am stronger. I'm a better wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. 
In our recent loss, she refers to the miscarriage I, the husband mentioned. It's, it has meant the world for us to have the support and prayers of our church family. And then here's what's interesting. I didn't tell these people. I don't think we decided that we were going to call this thing forward by faith at the time that we asked these folks to kind of email back these responses. But this woman says her favorite verse that she included in her response is Hebrews 11, 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One more that I'll share, and then we'll take a quick look at our Zechariah passage and make some application of it. Again, in answer to the question of Cross Creek Church, if it wasn't for Cross Creek Church, my life would be blank. This person answered and said, my life would be missing a sense of community and family that I have found at Cross Creek Church. There are times where the family I'm related to, this person means a biological family, in this world has not been there for me. And building relationships with people in my church family has not only filled that need in my life, but has shown me so much more about loving one another for Christ. Cross Creek Church has also given me a place where I can serve in ways that best suit me. And where every contribution is valued, no matter how small. And then this person's answer to that second question, uh, how have you seen God's glory and God's grace at work in your life through Cross Creek Church? How has that impacted you in terms of where you are now? I'm now in a much better place in my walk with God. There was a time in my youth after the pain of experiencing tremendous loss that I strayed away from the church and from God. I struggled with understanding his will, especially in times of loss and hardships. Through the urging of friends and loved ones, I was encouraged to open up my heart again to the possibility of coming to church. That's what led me to Cross Creek Church. Since coming back to church, I have a renewed relationship and continue to draw closer to God. And I can once again see God's grace in my life. Isn't that wonderful? It's just four or five people. Maybe maybe we can testify in some way about how God's been faithful as we've trusted him in faith and how he's worked through this church body. Well, let's take just a moment to speak to this Zechariah passage. You know, it's an interesting setting that Zechariah is in. This is the time, again, I'll try to quickly tie it into where we've been. Uh, for those that have been with us the last uh, three or four months, we've been walking through the book of Judges. Got people trying to come in. Uh, fully take the promised land. They started to do that in Exodus and then Joshua in the book of Joshua. Now they're trying to take the land fully in Judges and they keep having all sorts of setbacks and it ends up kind of bleak looking at the end of, of the book of Judges. Then we have the time of the kings where King David, King Solomon and so forth come in and they do fully in a much fuller way uh, enter and possess the land and see the worship of God and the temple have built up and all of those things that happen wonderfully. But lo and behold, again, they turn away from the Lord and he gives them constant reminders and sending various other prophets that are listed in the scripture. And he ends up taking away from them again, part of the promise that he has for them, the land, that promised place and allowing them to be swept off into exile in Babylon and Assyria. People of God are there for uh, some period of time. And then we arrive at the time of really before Zechariah, when uh, Nehemiah, which is what we're going to look at in Sunday school the next couple of weeks. I hope you'll join us for that Sunday school time. And then Zerubbabel, everybody's favorite Bible name, Zerubbabel, say that fast three times. 
Right? Okay, yeah, go ahead, do it now. Good. Kids and Laura's got those kids. Right, take, 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 say it fast. Say it fast. All right. American education system, at least, you know, response. Direction and response. It's working on that. Zerubbabel and the people of God come back. This is 538 B.C. You don't need to have all these dates in your mind, but they come back. And uh, the Babylonian emperor, basically, or leader, says, hey, go, go ahead, go on back. Establish the walls of Jerusalem. Build back up the temple. Go back and do your worship thing. We'll let you go back and do it after you've been kept away from so long. All of this was, of course, in God's control, really. The Babylonians and the Syrians thought it was a demonstration of their power, but really it was God allowing it to happen. And now so, too, with them being allowed to go back. And there was a, a, a guy, a prophet that came back, a leader among God's people, along with Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel and uh, Nehemiah. And his name was Ido, Ido, I-D-D-O. His great grandson was Zechariah. And Zechariah comes in the picture so uh, several decades later where the people of God, even though they've been given this opportunity, even though God's let them back in their promised land, have once again, they met some resistance. It was difficult. It was challenging. And so they backed off and they haven't pursued finishing the temple. And so that's where Zechariah's verse comes in and, and reminds us, reminds God's people in that setting. Hey, I understand that you don't think you can do this. I understand that some of you don't think this can be accomplished, but it can by my spirit. And oh, yeah, others of you that were thinking this was all about your power and your capacity. And now you met up with some barriers and, and you, you kind of have realized that wasn't going to happen. It's not by your power to begin with anyway. It was by God's spirit. That's why Zechariah says this. That's the passage in the setting that we find it. And it's it's wonderful because isn't that the trajectory of all of Scripture isn't that what we have with Abraham going to sacrifice Isaac? He's walking forward by faith to go and sacrifice his own son. And God provides that ram in the thicket. Isn't that what we have with Moses and the people of God in the wilderness as they're wandering through and they don't have anything to eat? Where are we going to find provision for us? And literally bread comes down from heaven for them to consume. Isn't that exactly what we see, too, with Joshua entering into the promised land? And they think, how can we do this? We're kind of a small and weak people. We're not really trained militarily. But God allows them to take that promised land, at least portions of it. Isn't that what we see with King David when he's already been promised the throne and yet he's on the run from King Saul, chasing him around? God's protecting him. God's shielding him. He's walking forward by faith, even when he doesn't see the end result. And isn't that certainly what we see with Daniel when he was taken and captive and kept in a foreign land? And yet he stood for his faith and trusted that God was going to protect him, uh, even in the fiery furnace, even against a lion's den. That's the story of God's word. And what I want to conclude with today is just for each one of us to think about how God has met us, how that story from Scripture of God meeting his people and allowing them to move forward by some measure of faith, even if it's just a little bit of faith, how that's been true, perhaps for you and me. So think about that for today. What are some of the places in your life where you've seen uh, you've taken some kind of step of faith? Again, maybe you should have taken a bigger one, but you at least took one, some type of step, at least a little step. And God met you in that. 
And you experienced him in a deeper way. And you saw his power. You experienced his joy. Maybe it was uh, in your younger years you surrendered your life to, to Christ. You realized the beauty of salvation, the beauty of a Savior who loves us as Christ does. And you gave your life to him. Or maybe that's just happened for you recently. But regardless, haven't you seen points where he's blessed you? He's blessed you just to know forgiveness each day. And he's blessed you with his protection. It's, I know he's done that for me. I don't think about it as often as I should, but absolutely. So that blessing of salvation, just trusting God for salvation. We see his hand in that. Maybe it's some other steps we've taken along the way. Maybe you can remember that first time that you took the step to go to some kind of small group Bible study. Boy, wasn't that intimidating the first time you did that? Unless you grew up doing that, you know, every week or something. A lot of us did not. Walk into a room, people are going to open a book you don't know anything at all about and talk about it. You don't even feel like you can discuss in front of a group regular things. It's hard enough to talk sports or talk TV shows, let alone talk the Bible. But you took that step. And God met you in that. Maybe it was coming to a, a life group and seeing the community of the church. Maybe it was making the decision to join this church or the first time you joined any church. And you saw, okay, God's really blessed me by making a commitment. I committed and then God's blessed me through that. Maybe it was helping on a setup team. Serving in some way or helping with hospitality or serving back with the children in the nursery or with kids camp during the summertime. And you said, well, I don't know what I can do, but maybe I can do one thing. And you you realize God used you in that way. You stepped forward and God met your faith. Maybe it's uh, not with with those kind of things. Maybe it's in the workplace. Maybe you're there in the workplace and you've started to learn. It's been tough, but you started to learn how when these conflicts flare up in the workplace, Maybe I can trust God with those two. Maybe I can pray about them. Or those places where you feel like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to get all this stuff done. Or I don't even know if I have the ability to do what the company's asking me to do or the organization is expecting of me. And you, you maybe learn to say, okay, instead of just, I got to figure out a way to do this, you said, God, give me some strength. Give me power to do something that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And you saw God work in that setting. Maybe it was last Sunday, Easter Sunday, and you and I prayed for folks to come. Maybe the people we prayed for, maybe some of you people we prayed for your whole life to come and visit a church, and they came. Maybe a neighbor that you've been praying for and inviting for a while, and they were here. You, you, we've all seen that, right? So just, just run with me, if you would, maybe through the rest of the day as you have free time, through that litany of places, I'm just giving you a little sampling of ways that we have all already seen God go forward in front of us. And we've been able to experience him in a deeper way through faith. One last thing that's kind of interesting about Zechariah. Because when you think about not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Ultimately, I think of the fulfillment of that all in one person. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know who among the prophets is the one who has the most mentions, the most prophecies about Christ, except for Isaiah. Isaiah's got like 60 some chapters. Zechariah only got, what, 13 or 14? Zechariah is the person who mentions Christ, as prophecies of Christ, more than anybody else in the Old Testament except for Isaiah. And that's interesting to me. Because I think he was looking ahead on what we get to look back upon. 
And that was that God's going to do his saving work, that the most ultimate thing that all of us need most desperately was going to be achieved by Jesus coming. And he came, and although he inherently had tremendous power and tremendous might, he decided to let so much of that be set aside so that he could come in our form and take upon him the punishment that we deserve and go to the cross, a place of great weakness that appeared to have no power, and yet for that cross to be the absolute centerpiece of his kingdom, of what he's doing in the world, what he's doing in our lives, what he's been doing for centuries, and what he will do in eternity. Let's pray. Father, we are really thankful today. We're thankful for this month just to have an opportunity to think about how we can see you work in our lives through faith. And we we want to experience you in a deeper way, Lord. We know our lives are enriched by that. So allow that to be a reality for us, Lord, as we go forward. Allow us to see more this month if, if nothing else happens for us. And we pray a lot's going to happen in our lives individually and corporately. But if nothing else happens, Lord, we pray that at the very least we would understand more of what it means when your word says your kingdom is not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. Amen.